This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the End of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming, this recording. Stephanie, thanks so much for being here today. I am so excited. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks, and I am just super pumped to dig into all things content, marketing, everything. Yay. Oh my gosh. You know that that's like what we all need assistance with. Even um, because I'm working social media, obviously, I... I always need a refresher, you know, like I was recently talking to somebody about everything that's rolling out on Instagram, which I would love to get your thoughts on. Um, But yeah, just start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are and how we can, you know, follow along on your journey. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So I am Stephanie from Copy by Steph, and I am a copywriter turned content and marketing coach. So I am super excited to really dig into the coaching side of my business. Before I started my business, I was a teacher. So this is a very natural progression of things for me. My life centers around coaching, teaching, and English language, writing, all the things. So I am super, super pumped and just excited to be able to help people to not only get their businesses off the ground, but to get out of this spiral of posting, 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 and having zero traction. It's so exhausting. And I just like, I don't want that for anybody. I love it. So true. Like, honestly, every time I talk with my clients, it's like, you know, here comes Instagram with another thing, another update. And, you know, the second our mindset goes there, it's very easy to let our marketing fall to the wayside. And it's I love that you are copywriter going into marketing coaching, because I think a lot of people that enter into this entrepreneurship space don't always put together that copy is marketing. 
you know, it's the same thing. So I'd love to know your thoughts on that and how your transition just naturally started to happen for you. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll take the the marketing side first, but um, Poppy is the center of every part of the business. And as soon as like, if there's any new entrepreneurs listening to this or people that want to become an entrepreneur, or even people that are seasoned, the minute that you decide that you are going to be an entrepreneur, you become a copywriter. You have to be able to write clear, concise copy that communicates to your audience. You can have the prettiest website in the world, but if the message isn't resonating, it's not going to get any traction. Same thing goes for social media, emails, anywhere where you're really communicating with your audience and trying to get your message out into the world. It has to make sense. And I can't tell you how many times I see from my own clients and people in my audience just how to post after how to post. And it's not landing. It's not doing what's effective. And I think a trap that a lot of people fall into is, well, if I just give the value, people will come to me and they don't know what the value is that people want because they didn't do the market research, which comes from being a copywriter and knowing how to market. So it's this whole circuitous journey that I feel like there's a big gap in the industry where people immediately run when they start their business to go hire a business coach. But the business coach is not necessarily an expert at copywriting. They're an expert at business and strategy and they go really hand in hand. They're both really necessary. So my goal is really to fill that gap. And what's interesting is I had decided when I was teaching full time that I needed a side hustle because all teachers need side hustles, right? It's the big, the big um, stereotype of all teachers everywhere. So I started researching and came across a targeted Facebook ad for a copywriting course. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So I bought the copywriting course. I started going through it and I was like, wait, I know all of this. My bachelor's degree is in journalism. I was like, I've done all of this already. And so my business kind of came into fruition in 2020 with the intention of just being a copywriter and writing copy for people. In November 2020, during Black Friday, I sold a bunch of intensive one-off sessions and every single person that bought one asked me if they could continue in a coaching relationship. So since then, coaching has really been kind of like a behind the scenes thing in my business that is there, it happens, it's consistent, but it wasn't the main focus. And kind of as things are growing, my my focus is changing, my goals are changing, and what I think is fun is changing. So that's kind of the evolution of how we came to this point. Oh, it's so great to hear you talk about how natural the transition is, but also how fun it is. Like even just hearing the inflection in your voice around this, like this is definitely your passion. You want to help people really put together what their marketing is. But can you tell us even more like how in depth your coaching is? Because what I see all the time is that a lot of people get into entrepreneurship and they have no clue what they actually want. They have no clue what business they actually want. And I say this with love because I didn't either, you know, like I got in this to make money. So I thought that that was the only goal. Since then, it's obviously changed, but I'd love to know your perspective on that. Yeah, for me also, I got into this because I wanted a ticket out of the classroom. And originally I was like, well, if I ever decide to have a kid, it would be nice to have something that I could do after maternity leave so I don't have to go back. And once I actually started the business and gaining traction, I was like, oh, 
I don't have to, I don't have to do that. I don't have to have a baby to get out of the classroom, which is something that happened to a lot of my colleagues where they would be like, I hope I get pregnant so that I don't have to come to work. And that's just not the vibe. That's not the dream. And that's not for me. So it was interesting because this morphed into a thing that I never imagined possible. And when I hit $20,000 in just a few months of business, because I started, I LLC'd in April of 2020, I had my first client in May of 2020. And by December, I had made $20,000. I felt like a Looney Tune with my eyes bugging out of my head because I didn't realize that this was like a real thing. And it wasn't like a pyramid scheme or an MLM or anything like that. It was just so totally different. And so with that, when I started doing the coaching side of things, it has evolved tremendously. And so what we really focus on is I meet with my clients and we talk sales, we talk strategy, we talk planning, and we'll kind of take whatever it is that they have coming up. And then we'll craft their content strategy around that. We outline their captions. We outline their emails. We outline everything that they could possibly need as far as sales and marketing assets. And I'm actually restructuring my one-on-one. So it's going to include more of the sales page copy, the web page copy, digging into SEO, because I have a bunch of clients that really want to get into blogging for their websites and don't know where to begin. And SEO is a monster. So We're definitely incorporating that. And I have also noticed that with content and marketing, it comes with a lot of overwhelm and a lot of fight or flight and freeze and just confusion and tying Instagram and Facebook metrics to our self-worth. So I have done a lot of work and invested a lot of money in mindset because I'm sure you already know it's the the biggest mindset up level you could have is to open a business. And it's been a journey. So I'm incorporating a lot more of the mindset work, the energetic, the spiritual work into my business and into the coaching client relationship. And it's so much fun because I have kind of started already doing that with my current clients. And it's the shifts are immediate. It's immediate. And it's the difference between someone feeling like crap and not wanting to show up at all versus showing up doing what they need to do, and then immediately making a sale. And it's just automatic. And it's so gratifying to me to be able to help people feel good in what they're doing and feel confident in it. And part of that is just having structure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love your point of view. I love that you're incorporating, obviously we talked about this before the show, but incorporating the spirituality aspect, I think is such a necessity for business owners today. I find, you know, and again, speaking for myself, like I got into business when I was 22 years old, you know, like this business is five years old now. I am a completely different person than who I was. And I love that you said, even in, you know, two years, like as an entrepreneur, you are moving, you are growing that fast. And I think some people early on on the journey think, oh, well, I'll just have a plan. And like, then I'll be able to basically rerun that plan every year. But as we change as humans, our business has to be flexible and evolve. And I think it's beautiful how you naturally had this transition. Like you hear that your clients want this. That's right there. What you mentioned, the hole in the market, they don't have this support. You know, they feel lost and being able to talk to somebody actually physically like on a zoom call or even in person, it's going to do wonders for your business. I think a lot of people that haven't invested in a good coach 
um, in the past don't know how fast it can actually get you that end result, which is really what you're describing. I mean, you're basically doing full campaign development for your clients, which is something that a lot of us as business owners know nothing about. You know, I went to school for PR, so I learned campaigns, which I love that you mentioned, like you buy this course and it's like, I already know all this. I was in marketing. I was in journalism, you know, SMAD and that's what we called it at JMU, SMAD and the comm school like overlapped. So um, a lot of my classes were general and journalism classes too. But yeah, you get out in the real world and it's like, oh wait, I actually know all this and people don't know this, you know, like, did you have that same feeling? Yeah, it's just so funny because after I graduated with my bachelor's, I had no idea what I wanted to do or what I even could do. And I had no idea that copywriting was a career that people did. I, I thought copywriting was like copyright, the legal one. I didn't realize it was the one with the W. And I went through a phase of clearing out things in my life in, towards the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. And one of those things was clearing out all the emails because I had like 50,000 emails in my email inbox. They were all marked as red. They were just sitting there. But when I got to the end of it, I started coming across old emails from my professors at Rutgers. And one of them was from a writing professor ripping me a new one because what I wrote wasn't journalism, it was copywriting. And it was right after I had started my business. And it was like the most gratifying thing I could ever experience in my life. But also after transitioning into teaching, it's so interesting because the way that I would teach kids to map out their essay or a project, it's the same way that I teach adults how to map out their stuff. And I find that what is another big gap in the industry is that a lot of coaches are not teachers. And obviously that's a trick of the trade. That's that's something that I have because that was part of my career. But there's a difference between talking at someone and just saying, do this, 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 this versus saying, okay, let's do this together. I'm going to show you what to do then we're going to do it together. And then you're going to practice. And then you're going to have support to come to me and talk to me about it after the fact and see what went well, once did it and what can we shift. And a lot of times, and I've had this too, people will sign up for these coaching programs or to work with coaches that don't know how to teach. And they, they're great at customer service. They're great at marketing. They're great at selling their services, but it leaves the client feeling like something is missing and they can't figure out what it is and why they're not getting results. And then they make it mean something about them. And that's really where like the mindset work comes into this also, because it's not right. It's not ever about you as a person. It's about the words and the inflections and the tone and the messaging and it all works together into a nice, pretty packaged bow. But I think that in the beginning, it's definitely not intuitive and everybody needs structure and to be taught how to do this so that they don't fall behind in the sense that, you know, people are just scrolling past their stuff on social media and not even stopping to say, see what this person has to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's such a great point of view to hear you talk about the teaching aspect. Like I, I find that I, when I work with my clients, it's so hands-on, like, especially when it comes to coaching, 
even when we're just managing for a client, we're doing weekly, monthly analysis, sitting down with them, having Zoom calls, talking marketing, talking strategy, talking about the goal, right? Because if there is no goal, then how do we know what we're working towards, you know, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs also miss. It's like, well, I just want money, kind of how I mentioned in the beginning. That's what all of us go into this for. It's like, we want to have money and freedom most of the time, you know, it's like two things. And yeah, if you don't have that coach to support you and help you navigate through the ups and downs that come with marketing, that's when the mindset can take over. So it's really inspiring to hear that you are, you know, putting those two together because that's what I find pulls people off the track 90% of the time, which you also mentioned, if they get with a coach or with a program and they don't have that mental aspect or support, of course, it's going to fall short. Yeah. Yeah. And with coaching, I mean, sometimes you have to ask your clients hard questions. Sometimes you have to get really freaking uncomfortable. And like, let's face it, this whole experience of being a personal brand and owning your own business is really uncomfortable. I remember when I first started my business, I panicked changing my Instagram handle. It was stephanator92. For the longest time, that was my AIM username way back in the day. I'm dating myself. And so that was my Instagram handle. And the day that I changed it, I had a panic attack. But I also already had a business coach who was talking me through it and basically saying, this is the first step. We have to take the first step. And without having a person in my corner the entire time, I wouldn't have made it this far. I wouldn't have resigned from my teaching job. I wouldn't have felt confident enough to step into coaching. And it's because I knew that I had that support that if I fall, someone's going to be there, not to necessarily pick me up, but to hold my hand and guide me through what is the next step. And it's kind of like when mom or dad comes and kisses your boo-boo and puts some Neosporin on it and a Band-Aid. They're not fixing it but they're kind of helping you put the bandaid on so that you can then get up and continue doing what you need to do. And uh, I mean, without a doubt, I would literally tell anybody to find a coach that they resonate with, that they like, that they know is getting their clients results, but also don't put all your eggs in one basket and believe that the coach is going to get you the results because you have to get your own results. And that is a trap that I find a lot of people are in when they come to me, we have these conversations and they're unhappy with their current situation. And I'll ask them about the actions that they took and they'll tell me what the coach did. And I'm like, but the coach doesn't operate your business. You operate your business. So it's just all of these like little funny nuances that come with the coaching industry. And there's just so much overlap between the business coaching and the mindset coaching and all of these other things that are going on. And it's, it really takes a special kind of person to be able to do this. Yes. I think that that's such a good point. Like not everyone is meant to be a coach, you know? And I think people start to get results in their own business. And I know this because I see people do this and then they say, oh, well, look at what I've been able to build, you know, and this is what I can help you build. But really what I believe is like business is not a, there's no blueprint right? Like I love that you're able to help people give a blueprint for copy. Absolutely. They can totally follow something for that, but business as a whole, you know, like I can't just go up to somebody and be like, here's how I've run my successful social media management business and basically clone myself, you know, like it's impossible. I've tried. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't tried, but it's more like, okay, 
I need somebody that's able to adapt to me, speak my same language. Like, I think that that's the key to coaching. A lot of people talk about the same beliefs, same outcomes. Like my coaches do not have the same beliefs as me. And thank goodness, because then they're able to show me when I'm having those limiting beliefs or I'm not aware of what's happening. You know, I think the awareness aspect of business is we're very easily deterred, right? It's like, shiny object syndrome, buy this course, buy this coach, do this next thing. And so we'll just funnel ourselves into the next problem, basically burying our heads from the last problem that we face without fully solving it. And I know for me, building a business like that was not sustainable over time. So did you have any experiences like that? Um, And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so funny that you're saying that because I have this feeling all the time when I see people and I've done this too, posting about here's what I've done and here's how I got to this point. That doesn't mean it's going to work for every single person. There's so much nuance, but that's also the key of marketing, right? Is to talk to people's problems and what they really want. And that's effective. But there have been so many times where even during different launches for different products, I tried to replicate exactly what I'm doing and it doesn't always land. And it really speaks to things need to be customized. And the the biggest thing that I learned in the first year of my business, as I sat in free Facebook groups, downloading every freebie, accepting every free coaching call, every like listening to every single pitch. I did so many of these. It was unbelievable because I wanted to take advantage of the fact that I was home doing remote learning and had the time. And every single call I got on, it was like clockwork. I knew that they were reading off the same script. I knew that they were using the same bullet points. I knew that they were trying to apply the same exact things to every single person. And it just didn't work. It has to be nuanced. It has to be personalized. And especially when it comes to mindset, I mean, one person's problem is not the next person's problem. And you know, because I know you're into spiritual and energetic as well, but so many of the problems we experience go back to childhood experiences and inner child wounding and generational traumas and all of these things. Mine isn't going to be the same as anybody else's. It's unique. So with that in mind, when it comes to coaching through content and marketing, I have a framework and I follow the framework, but there's also different branches of the framework, kind of like a family tree that kind of go off when like Aunt Lucy gets married to someone who doesn't belong to the same religion or whatever. And it's, it is really interesting and it's really important, right? And again, that's the teacher in me. I'm used to teaching in classes with general education kids and special education kids and other ones that need different things. And it has to be personalized because what one person needs is not what the next person needs. So it's really interesting because when I work with brand new clients, they're almost always like, I feel like I could breathe. Like you're not telling me to do what everyone else is doing. And it always surprises me because I'm like, isn't that what everyone else does? But then I remember the teaching aspect of this is not necessarily intuitive. It's a skill and it's, it can be learned, but it has to be practiced over and over and over and learning to identify what each person needs. And when it comes to launching, what each launch needs. And also just 
having the um, the grit to be able to say, okay, this isn't working. What can I shift? And I had that recently where I had a launch and I started by day two, I was like, something is off. I am not feeling this. Nobody was interested for my masterclass. That's a red flag. I didn't do enough market research. And by day three, when I had zero interest, I was like, you know what? This is completely unaligned. I'm just going to stop. And I'm not going to push because something is not right. Something is not working. And I didn't make it mean anything about me as a salesperson or a business owner. It literally was just what was not working was that there wasn't enough market research and there wasn't demand for the offer and that's okay. So it's something I talk about a lot with my clients too, is when things aren't necessarily working, how can we pivot and just try another strategy? And I had this recently with a client who is pregnant and exhausted, but also trying to continue launching pretty much up until delivery day. And she was in the middle of a launch and really wanted to sell some offers was feeling very self-conscious that she only seemed to sell during pre-sale. We pivoted, we extended her launch by a week, gave her more freedom to not have to show up every single day. And literally within that energetic shift within 24 hours, she made two more sales. And it's just little simple things like that. And it's hard when you don't have a coach or you don't have a person to kind of show you the way through because it's hard to be able to zoom out and see what all the other aspects that are going on are. What's the phrase? You can be among the trees, but you can't see the forest. It's kind of like that in business. And it's just so important to be able to have that other person who is there for your well-being that knows how you operate your business, but can also say, hey, let's try this tweak. Let's let's try this here. Let's try this here and see what is going to work. So I don't even remember what your question was. I have just gone on such a tangent. <laughs> I answered it. No, it was perfect. I love hearing the stories about your clients and what they're experiencing. Cause a lot of what I do as well with my clients can be like campaign development, or we're trying to get signups for a webinar, like whatever it may be. And I think the other huge piece, which I'm sure you do with your clients as well, a lot of my clients, a lot of our listeners are also perfectionists. Also me, like I always assume I should have way more, like double than what I have. Even if I've reached my goal, it's like, well, then it should be double. I made the goal too low. You know, like it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I am the queen of that. So all of my clients also tend to have that. So I find just being their cheerleader and like reminding them like, hey, we're like already 50% to our goal. And like, it's day three. Like we have literally 15 days left, you know, of the launch or whatever we may be doing. Like I said, RSVPs. Um, And that's a huge moment for clients as well. Like that perspective aspect and being able to reground and like regroup, celebrate you is a huge part of coaching because it's so easy to just continue going, like, which it sounds like your clients in that mode. She's probably in like nesting mode too, you know, like her hormones are going. So she's like, I have to have everything perfect, you know, which I always feel like as well. So I can totally relate to that. And Yeah, I just love what you mentioned as well about in the beginning of what you said that not everyone is able to pick up on these certain personality pieces or conversations. Like all my clients are so different, even though we have a lot of similarities that kind of like string us along together. Um, 
they're still each individually dealing with a different problem or facing a different belief because they're at different stages of their businesses. And when they're showing up selling from that point of scarcity, no one's buying, you know, like everyone can smell that. They don't even know, like it's like a subconscious thing. They can just feel the scarcity in the conversation. I know because I've also tried to sell out of scarcity and when you can more so listen to your client, you're present, you're able to hear what they're saying, then you can start to position your offer. Okay, this is what I'm able to solve. This is what you're saying you're struggling with. Here's what we can solve. Here's how. Here's how it's personalized and tailored to you. I actually just hired a few developers and what we're going through is an offer document now. So each offer I get, I send people looms. It's a personalized offer based around all their own issues. So that when they're getting it, which I know I can solve the problem, it's not like I'm fake selling, like I can actually solve the problem at the end. It's a wow moment, right? It's that safety, which I hear coming from a lot of your clients. They want to feel safe. It's like their nervous system is spiked. So they need somebody to help them calm that. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I want to go back to the perfectionism piece because As soon as you said that, I feel like I had light bulbs going off over my head because that's something I struggle with too. And especially as a copywriter, and if anyone listening to this is a service-based business where you are delivering pieces, it is so hard to get out of that mindset. And even posting content, I I can't tell you how many times people come to me and they're like, it's not perfect, so I can't post it. And something I tell my clients all the time is let's normalize done over perfect because nobody fucking cares. Can I curse? I don't know if I can curse. I figured it's probably fine. Uh, but nobody cares if they're, if you have a typo. Nobody cares if it's not perfect. If you didn't make it in Canva, like it doesn't matter. And it's so funny because I leaned into the um, the notes app style content this year because it's easy. And I had people coming to me saying, your content's so beautiful. How'd you do it? I'm like, I saved landscapes in Canva and used color (laughs) duotone effects to make it pink because that's my brand color. I was like, it's the easiest thing. It takes me five minutes to put together. But the perfectionism is the death of business. It, it, It honestly, it kills more businesses than anything else because it's really coming from this place of I'm not good enough. And if someone believes that they're not good enough, how could you possibly succeed doing this? You have to believe that you are good enough beyond a shadow of a freaking doubt. I find for me, it happens a lot when I'm comparing myself to other people and spending too much time scrolling and looking at business coach Susie, who made seven figures in 30 days and, you know, anyone else. And honestly, if I could give any piece of advice to anyone, anywhere, at any time, it's mute them, mute everybody and get the hell off your phone. Like go live your life in the land of the living, go, go outside, go touch a tree, sit in the dirt, do something, like, <laughs> go take a walk, pet your dog. I don't care. But, um, it's just, it's, it really is so crippling when you feel like, you know, seven days can feel like a month and you're like, I haven't made a sale but someone else is selling every single day. Oh my God, they're, they're posting their money wins. And the other piece of that is, well, what does their life look like behind the scenes? And there's a business coach I really admire who has a booming business. I love the way this person runs their business. 
but I also know that this person's husband had an open heart surgery recently. Like there's other things that are always happening behind the scenes that you just don't know about. And like, that's another piece of this is being transparent and sharing parts of your life, right? Because nobody's life is perfect. And the imperfections are what actually draws people to the personal brand. Even for instance, my, uh, my fiance's mom passed away in July suddenly. And I took about three weeks off from my business And when I came back, I sent an email to my list and the the subject of the email was sometimes shit just happens. And it was like one of my favorite emails I ever sent. There was not one business pitch in there. I ended up signing a client who's been with me ever since for one-on-one coaching because she was like, oh my God, I like, I can't believe this is going on. I'm so touched by the story, blah, 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 blah. And not to say that you should exploit your pain to make money, not at all. But when you are vulnerable and you share those pieces of your life, people want to be included. And when it comes to personal branding, sharing even the boring things helps attract people into your brand and makes people want to work with you. Like, I apologize to you a second ago in the chat about the dog barking. All of my clients know the dog. Like, he will be routinely in the office snoring while I am on calls and people love it. I get people in my DMs like, where's Cooper? Why haven't you shown him this week? (laughs) He has a fan club at this point. And, you know, I got the dog right around the time I started the business. And so I decided he's part of the brand. It just, that's the way it's going to be. So just all encompassing. My, My main point that I'm trying to get to is that perfectionism is going to not serve anybody. It's it's going to kill the business. It's going to prevent growth and inherently growth is uncomfortable. Even when it comes to making more money rapidly, this is why lottery winners don't usually keep the money because it's just uncomfortable and they just want to spend, 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 spend. So I honestly, I think slow and steady wins the race really is the motto here. And if it's messy, who cares? You learn from it, you grow from it, you move on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's so nuanced. It's so interesting. It's so great to hear you say everything that I believe. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Everything what you just said in the past three minutes, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, I have so many thoughts. Um, But I just want to touch on the fact that you brought up how you've encompassed your own personal life in your business. And I think so many old school business owners, so like I'm, I'm talking about people older than me, probably older than you, they didn't grow up in this world where you're constantly sharing your personal life. Like it's normally a new, like a normal thing for us. I don't do it anymore because I just don't have the bandwidth. Right. So like sometimes you have to choose between sharing about your business or sharing on your personal Instagram. I made the choice a long time ago to share on my business, Instagram, whatever's going on in my life. And it has paid off tenfold. And I didn't share it just like how you said to get sales or make people feel bad for me about my story of my life. It has nothing to do with that. I just knew that other people probably feel the same way that I have. And if I share about it, like maybe I can give them some sort of sense of hope. And I think that that's the part about business that so many business owners get caught up in. It's a part, it literally just takes them from one corporate rat race to now their personal corporate rat race of their own in their own business. 
never ends up working out. It's just about the next hustle, the next thing, getting the next thing done when really business is about community and connection, you know, and that's where you're going to build a strong foundation. And then I also loved what you said. The imperfections are what will make people follow you. And this is so true. Like, I know I basically just said that in the first part, but I want our listeners to actually let this set in. Like the moments where you're awkward or the moments where your hair is sticking out or like you have shit in your teeth when you're on your Instagram story. Like I just leave that stuff in. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, I have stuff in my teeth. You guys probably do too. Like whatever, you know, like we're all good. It's about not being so judgmental towards every little thing that you're putting out. The more you can soften around that and soften towards yourself, that's when the energy shifts. That's what draws people in. They want to know that you're real or they're not going to pay you. You know, I think one thing that I actually wasn't going to bring up today, but Chat GPT recently came out. A lot of us know about it. It's also available on Canva now. It's a great tool. But if you are not personalizing that content, guess what? Every other Joe Schmo that's typing in holistic business owner Instagram captions are going to have the same damn captions as you. So it has to be personal. Like that's not going to sell for you. If you're just taking captions from Chat GPT, no, like that cannot happen. It's got to be authentic. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny you brought that up. I put out a post recently. It was, will AI put copywriters out of business? And the short answer is no, right? Mm-hmm. Because Chappie GPT doesn't have a marketing degree, doesn't have a journalism degree, hasn't lived my lived experiences. And It doesn't use the emojis I use. It doesn't use the tone I use. It's dry. So, I mean, I agree. It's a great tool. I think it's really amusing now not being a teacher and seeing the impact of it for teachers and professors and like watching students plagiarize papers using it. Um, And I'm very thankful I'm not in the classroom to deal with it. But all that to say, there's a fine line. And I think that if, someone's in a position where you are stuck and you're like, I need to show up today. I told myself I was going to show up today. I have no idea what the fuck to say. I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to say about my offers. I don't know what to share. My life is boring. This, that, and the next thing, all of these limiting beliefs, use it, but personalize it, edit it, proofread it. And back to our point about showing the real life things in stories. Something I talk to my clients about all the time is how can you show that you're the living embodiment of what you teach? And it's just so interesting because I work with primarily wellness coaches and I work with a lot of dietitians and they'll say, well, my life is boring. And I'll say, well, did you meal prep this week? Did you plan your menu? Show your audience because you're teaching them how to do it. Did you balance your plate with fats, carbs, and protein? show it, explain it, like give context. And I saw a great example of this last week. Another business coach that I really like was in her Instagram stories. And she was like, if you are working nine to five plus every single day as a business owner, then why don't you just get a nine to five? Like, that's not the point of having your own business. And if you're not giving yourself any flexibility, why are you doing this? And she has embodied that by really taking a step back from social media. So it's interesting because now that she's done that, every time she pops on, I pay attention because I'm like, oh, she must have something really important to say. 
And it goes to, it goes into like less is more, not overdoing it, but also strategically showing parts of your life. I strategically show my dog every day or every other day or whatever it is, because I know that people recognize him. There's like brand recognition. It's like the target dog. You know exactly what the target dog looks like. You know exactly what the old Navy dog looks like. If you're old enough to have been around for the old Navy dog ads, like the Taco Bell dog, we all know what he looks like. You know what I mean? So I think that it's, it, it's really important to just be strategic about it. And I've had clients with kids be like, well, do I show my kids? And it's up to you, right? It's up to you if you want to show your kids faces on social media. I personally would not, but that's me. What I do isn't what anyone else has to do. So, and it goes into, again, like personalizing your strategy to make it work for you. So it's just so interesting that I think that people are like stressed over what to show, what not to show. I had a client be like, my day is boring. I've done nothing. I'm sitting on the couch reading and I'm like, show it, show your feet under your blanket with your book. Like people want to see it. They want to know what you're reading. It helps build connections. And with the showing the personal life, what I really want to make sure people understand is that not only is it showing you embodying what it is that you teach or whatever service you provide, but it's also building connections with people in your audience. And when it comes to buying from small businesses, people want connection. They want to know who you are, who you be, what you do, all of those other little things. And it starts to build momentum. And eventually that snowball becomes so big that you can push it down the hill and it'll continue growing. But it takes that little bit of foundational work first. Beautifully said. It's so true. It's so funny. Like when you actually start to test out these theories that Stephanie and I are discussing, I hope all of you do as listeners, it really works. Like I will just post random stuff. Like today we got a new sofa delivered. You bet your ass. Like I am posting that on my story. Like that's a huge win for us, you know? And it's also about showing like, okay, you guys are all helping us grow. When we bought our home, I also shared a lot of that on social media. I talked about how my business was able to give me the flexibility to decorate my house throughout the pandemic and, you know, paint and do a lot of things that a lot of entrepreneurs don't share because it's not about their business. But it really doesn't have to be because at the end of the day, people buy from people, which is exactly what Stephanie is explaining right now. And if you really start to think about yourself as a consumer, like for me, now, when I work with someone, I have to get to know them. Like if we don't have an immediate connection, I know it's probably not the right time, right? If I don't want to exit that person completely from my life, just right now isn't working. It doesn't feel good to work with them. That's how people think about buying everything nowadays. And when you look at something like TikTok, you can actually see this playing out right in front of you as the marketing has started to evolve. This is what your young buyers, if you own a personal brand, eventually your clients will be younger, right? If you own a product brand, eventually your clients will be younger as well, probably a lot faster than a service brand. So it's important to start to pay attention to these trends. Just see people are changing the way they're buying. And a lot of that, you know, stems from 2020, which it's ironic how we're coming back to that. It really is. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because 2020 was really around the time that I started getting interested in the spiritual and energetic work, which led me into the business work. And 
as you were talking about your house and the couch and all of these things that the business has afforded you to do, I started thinking about, you know, I look around the apartment that I live in now, and this was my dream 10 years ago. Like the car that I drive was my dream. My fiance and I dreamed about getting this dog for months. Like it is, it was just kismet and it was, you know, it was manifestation. And when you get to your core of looking around your life and taking stock of what you've built, regardless of what stage of business you're in, try to flip it on its head when you're feeling negative about it and look around and be like, these are the things that I have built. Like, look how much life has changed in just three years, right? The pandemic feels like yesterday. It's been three years. And I know so many people whose lives have changed. And, you know, every single time in your business that you are showing a way that you are shifting or explaining something behind the scenes that you're doing, or, you're making a small dream come true. Even if that small dream is, oh, I paid for groceries this week and it didn't stress me out. Anything like that is an inspiration to the audience that then is going to make them be like, how is she doing that? I want that. And it all comes back to, you know, showing the pieces of your life that you may not necessarily think are interesting. But if I'm sitting on my couch reading a book on my Kindle that I now have a Kindle subscription for, and I'm using a throw blanket that costs $40 from Costco that I wouldn't have bought four years ago. And, you know, all of these other things, like, they're all things that we've manifested into being. And I think that kind of breaking it down piece by piece is really, really beneficial for business owners. And it all kind of just comes back. I feel like we're talking about different branches of all the same issues, and all of the same things. But it's just, it all comes back to like, what are you willing to share? And are you willing to be messy rather than perfect? And are you willing to, you know, do the things that are going to help you get to where you want to go, even if it's uncomfortable? And the pandemic was uncomfortable, you know, but for me, it opened up so many doors because I finally didn't have to go into an environment every day where I felt like shit. So it, as soon as I started working from home, I was like, oh, it doesn't have to be this way. Like life doesn't have to feel like this. It can be different. And now I'm living that dream. A year ago, I dreamed about working from home full time and now I do it. So it's just, it's so interesting kind of the way that everything plays out. And for our listeners, like one of the many reasons why I wanted Stephanie to come on, the first time she and I connected was actually like three months ago now, which I know you all are going to be like, why is it taking this long for us to get her on here? And you guys will get this actually in a few weeks from now. But what you just described is the pure path that entrepreneurs want to take. But a lot of us let those beliefs come in and then we're taken off course. And I love that you said that you're perspective for opportunity was expanded during the pandemic. I, I quit my job, I guess it was 2020, 2019 when I started my business, maybe even a little bit before that, but it was like hush, hush under, under the table. And I don't mean that for taxes. I just mean like, I didn't publicize it because <laughs> I was nervous, right? All the beliefs come up. And I remember saying to my mom, like, my generation will not be a nine to five generation. I was like, we want, we've gotten a taste in college of what it's like to create your own schedule, create your own agenda. 
they created little monsters, you know, like with all of us being able to create our own class schedule. And like, I loved it because I could plan it around my gym schedule. Or if I wanted to do like, you know, a club or something, like I had full control over my schedule for four years of college. And I remember walking out that last day. I felt exactly how you felt walking into work, hated it. It was like the worst time of my life. And the last time I left, I was like, I will never do this to myself again. Cause I know that I don't have to. And there's a moment of shift in entrepreneurs lives. And I know a lot of you all as listeners are still working. So that's why I wanted to stress this. It will come for you and you will see that there's so many other ways to live, but we've only been programmed to follow one path. And there's a multitude of ways to make money and live and experience something like what Stephanie's describing, being with her fiance, having her dog, being in the apartment. And I'm sure they're even experiencing their next manifestation coming, you know, down the line, like the couch. It's all these small things that end up showing you that this is possible. It's like, that's your proof. You know, when you hit scarcity, you just look around how you said, and it's right there. You've already done it, you know? Yeah. And even, I mean, the shift from being a full-time teacher to being a full-time business owner, it was freaking hard. And I would be a big fat liar if I didn't admit that I have had my fair share of mindset stuff. I had my fair share of aggravation with like trying to get my own insurance, which was really difficult and annoying and didn't need to be, but that's a conversation for another day. And you know, every single month since I have gone full time from July until December, something like catastrophic happened in my life every single month. And I was like, oh my God, the universe is telling me I'm not meant for this. What I didn't see was that I was being tested and that it was, do you have the grit to figure it out? And every single month I had the recurring thought of, oh my God, am I going to be able to pay rent this month? Oh my God, is it going to be okay? And every month it has been fine. And the thing that I want people to understand, because I think that there's this stigma, and this has come up with a bunch of people I've talked to over the last week or so, is even if you're a full-time business owner and you want out of corporate or you want out of the classroom or you want out of wherever, you don't have to not get a part-time job. You don't have to not get something else to help you get by. I know tons of business owners that are taking part-time jobs with agencies that are babysitting, that are dog walking, that are doing Uber Eats or Instacart or whatever to make ends meet. And they're thriving because they don't have the physical, mental, and emotional stress of being in a toxic environment in a job that they hate. So for me, it was very black and white thinking where I was like, if I'm not making X dollars, I can't leave the classroom. And after a period of time, it was right around this time last year, it was in March, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I, I can't do it anymore. I, I'll stay till the end of the school year and I'm done. And it has been fine. So I think the biggest takeaway, just because we are talking about people that are still in their full-time jobs that are building businesses, if you're miserable and it is impacting your health, there are other ways to make money. There are other ways to be taken care of you don't have to be miserable. And it's a trap. <laughs> it's just such a trap. I feel like corporate America and making people believe that they need to sit in a stuffy office with no windows for eight hours a day. It's just, it's garbage. And we all deserve better. And 
I fully agree with you that they have created little monsters uh, with the scheduling because now I'm like yesterday, I took the whole morning off. I binge read an entire book and I was like, wow, this is so nice. And every single time I do something like that and I post it in my stories, inevitably one of my colleagues from my school will DM me and be like, I hate you. Why are you doing this to me? And it's so funny, but it's, it's the kind of thing where I want to show other people that it's possible. And, you know, I've taken on part-time gig work and it's fine. I had a client come to me that was like, I really need a VA. Do you know anyone? And I was like, well, I'm looking for some part-time work. I'll do it for you. There was opportunities everywhere. It's really just about looking for them and getting like a little bit gritty and getting a little bit creative and figuring out what feels good. And that was the other thing for me too. I was like, I don't want to go be a barista. Like that's fine for other people. I don't want to do it. It's like, I don't want to work in retail. I've done that already. I worked in a movie theater scooping popcorn for three years. Like I don't, I just didn't want to do it. And that was a big block for me. Cause I was like, well, the only part-time thing is going to be something I hate. And it just goes right back to the beginning of our conversation, those limiting beliefs and those just their lies that we tell ourselves, we believe them to be true and they're not. And at every stage of business and at every stage of entrepreneurship, there's new mindset challenges, but the, you just, you get faster at dealing with them. You get better at dealing with them and with being able to move through them rather than over them and like actually transmute it and transform it and turn it into a strength instead of a weakness. And it's a whole thing. I could talk about this all day long. No, I love what you said. The first thing, and then I'm going to let you tell us how we can get in touch with you because I know we're coming up on time here and I'm sure you have a meeting. So I want to be respectful of your time. But the first thing I heard that you said was like, as entrepreneurs, we're really trailblazers, right? We're showing people that there's a different way of life. And it's very easy to be sucked back into the matrix of lies. It is all lies and it's all bullshit. <laughs> um, I could go on and on as well. Like I have a lot of theories, opinions on this topic. Um, and my boyfriend works in corporate America. So like I get to see the ins and the outs, you know, um, of both sides. And I think that that's beautiful of life. You know, you can see all different perspectives. Some people it works, some people it doesn't. For us listening to this podcast as highly sensitives, like we, it doesn't work 90% of the time. Like we need to have a different malleable way of life for our health, for our families. And that's what's so important to me. That's really why I did this. And I love that you said multiple jobs. Like I remember listening to a podcast actually when I first became an entrepreneur and she was like, stop complaining about not having enough money. She's like, go sell stuff at the thrift store. Like there is always ways to make cash, but in our heads, we give up all these roadblocks. And that was one of the most inspiring moments for me. Like I sold clothes all first year of my business. Like that is what got me through. And I was living in my mom's basement. So luckily I didn't have rent, you know, because it would have gone south for sure. And like, I want to share that with you guys because it doesn't always look like how people are presenting it. Um, it most of the time doesn't, unless you're coming and you're watching somebody like Stephanie or me, where we throw it all out there for you guys to see, like, it's not always pretty, you know, but it's done and it's going well, it's going in the right direction for sure. Yay. 
Well, Stephanie, can you leave us with your last thoughts on that? And then please tell us how we can all get in touch with you. Cause I know a lot of the listeners need help with copy strategy. Um, and I'm sure they're going to feel like really, really connected with you after this episode. Absolutely. And I hope so. I mean, anyone that's listening to this, definitely you will have to pop over and say hi to me. But before I give you my contact information, I want to just kind of wrap this up with a pretty little bow and just say things are not what they seem on the internet and on Instagram and on Facebook and take things at face value. They are not always what is happening behind the scenes. And when people show that they're making a lot of money, that doesn't mean that they're not feeling the ebb and flow the next month. That doesn't mean that they have created financial safety and security for themselves. And I know several multiple six-figure entrepreneurs that still have money issues and mindset drama and, you know, new levels, new devils. It, It becomes, I won't say harder, but different at each level. And so when you find yourself stuck in a scroll, comparing yourself to everyone and their mother, just remember people have shit going on behind the scenes that they're not showing. And, you know, they have shit going on that you have no idea about. And a lot of the time it looks one way because that's the way that they have designed it to look. And you have the power to do that too. And you don't have to show every single part of your life, but be strategic about it. And with that being said, if anybody listening would like to connect with me, I would love more friends. So please come and say hi to me on Instagram. That is where I am most active. My handle is at copy by Steph with a PH. And if you send me a DM, I will definitely answer you and say hi. And I am just so happy that I got to be here and do this interview. This was so much fun. I love talking about all this stuff. Oh my gosh. I had the best time. I love your perspective. I feel like I can say this stuff over and over again, but having it come from someone different and like yourself, that's obviously doing the damn thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's Eon. So I appreciate your time and absolutely all of our listeners will definitely be reaching out to you. And if you guys are multitasking, know that the links are always in the show notes. Um, and please hang over and hang out with us on Instagram. Like, please come chat with us. If you guys um, are uncomfortable reaching out to Steph directly, send me a DM and I'll connect you both. She's so warm and amazing. You guys will definitely benefit from her content and who she just is as a being, uh, which I admire so much. And lastly, if this episode resonated with you, please, please, please take a screenshot, tag Steph and I on social media, let us know what part of the episode was really resonating for you or stuck out in a perspective wise, Uh, it just means the world and it shows us that you guys are digging what we're putting down. So thanks so much, Steph. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to The End in Mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.